Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just going to get some, like... um winter winter travel gear because i don't have any what is winter travel gear um you know like a um a, like a little puffer jacket <clears throat> some gloves scarves a beanie <clears throat> you know maybe some like long johns or like you know thermal wear um i don't need any sure. of that i don't need any of that down here in texas but where i'm going um in a month i'm gonna need a little bit so. where are you going um austria oh wow yeah um family vacation so nice uh well uh have fun with that i've I've never been to austria don't know anything about it but (laughs) have fun thanks Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A, uh, I don't know, chalk sort of version of the Touchline Media Group. Um, I feel like there weren't so many upsets this week. Uh, I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. Be joined by my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump, in uh, soon. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in. Uh, who am I missing? Paramount Plus, they they continue to sponsor us and um, not PBR yet, but we're working on it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, so I am joined by panelist and uh, good friend, Josh. Um, so I guess uh, let's uh, let's start with the, uh, the headline. Um, LSU is probably going to the playoff. Right? I mean, like, I don't know. Or, or, or here, how, how's this for a better way of putting it? <clears throat> LSU is a that game against Florida State to start the year away from going to the playoff, which is I think that's better. Yeah, <laughs> which is insane to me. Yeah. Um, I like 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 when that game happened, you're we like, oh, haha, Brian Kelly, blah blah blah, and then like now here we are, middle of November, and we're like, Brian Kelly won the SEC West. It wasn't yeah. Ole Miss. It wasn't Bama. Sure as shit wasn't Texas A and M who. Uh, I, got we, we, I think we need to talk about them a little bit. This, I think we need to, I think we need to talk about Texas A&M. Like it's, it's sort of like when you're like, I I'm, I'm not a child of divorce, but like, I have to imagine like, like kids whose parents like maybe got divorced. Like there's a moment where they're like, all right, all right, champ, time to sit down. We, we got to talk about it. And like yeah. A&M champ, uh, it's time to sit down. We, we got to oh, talk man. about it. Um, we'll, we'll talk Michigan, Michigan state, Baylor, uh, the rest of college football in a second, but when you spend $113 million on the coach and then go out and buy the best recruiting class in the country, 
you got to make a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. And, and look, like I'm a Michigan at, State fan. At a minimum, <laughs> at a minimum. Yeah. Minimum, you have to make you a bowl game. Got to make a bowl game. And this isn't year one. Like, look, like if it's year one, you're like, all right, he's got to clear some stuff out. He's got to bring in his own guys, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. We got to figure it out. <clears throat> Jimbo, you have been there for the better part of a decade. Um, this is you. This is, and, and look, like I'm not mad at Jimbo because I am positive that Jimbo got that contract and said, well, that was your mistake. <laughs> Because here we are. Like, and like, that's the thing is that, like, the only people to feel bad for here are Texas AM fans. And I don't feel yeah. bad for Texas AM fans. Yeah, no, me neither. Right. So, like, <laughs> like, like, usually when something horrific or horrendous or terrible happens, like, someone you can feel bad for. There's someone mm-hmm. you can feel bad for. There's no one to feel bad for here. It's yeah. like, I don't feel bad for Jimbo. He's generationally wealthy on like five generations. Uh, I don't feel bad for the people who are paying his salary because you knew what you were doing. Yep. This, this is Jimbo Fisher. This isn't, this isn't Saban. This isn't, this isn't Brian Kelly who, who, who showed over the course of, of a decade that he was a good coach. Jimbo Fisher had a good quarterback that he didn't recruit. That's what he had. Right. Like that's it. Weren't they, they uh, were consistently good for a while after, after Jameis was there. Though, weren't they? Were they? I don't think though. I don't think so. They had they had a good year with Dalvin Cook being the offense, and since then, I don't think that Florida State has won it. nine games. Yeah, I mean, Del- I, I think I was thinking of Dalvin Cook though. Yeah, no, no, you were thinking of the Dalvin Cook year, which was 2016. But mm-hmm. that offense, which right. remember, Jimbo Fisher was an offensive coach. That offense was, look, we were all there. Was give the ball to Dalvin, and all of college football was like, oh my god, can you yeah. just give him some help? Like a little bit, yeah. not not a lot. Just like yeah, dude, Jimbo was consistently good. Uh, what, what, what what are we looking at? One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven. He was there for parts of eight years. He won ten, nine, twelve, fourteen, thirteen, ten, ten, seven. All right. That is that is better than mostly most of what Brian Kelly did in at Notre Dame. Uh, so who's who who's quarterback before before Jamie's Christian Ponder? And so 2010, right. 2010 Florida State was quarterbacked by um, Christian Ponder. I think he's right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I'm looking it up. Um, it is Ponder. Nope. It is no. Or it is Ponder. It was it went Ponder then EJ Manuel. Yep. And Jameis and then who's after Jameis? I actually don't know. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> should know and the Jameis, answer And Jameis was a quarterback based on math. Jameis was recruited by Fisher. Oh, it was Everett Golson. That was <laughs> when it started going downhill. Oh, Ironically, when he yeah. took on the Notre Dame When he took guy, Brian Kelly. He took Brian Kelly. Right. Okay, guys. Freaky Friday theory. Freaky Friday theory coming. <laughs> okay. So Jimbo Fisher was an offensive genius, right? He was, he was the head coach in waiting for, for Florida State. Everybody well-renowned. Takes over at Florida State. Takes over with Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel from, from Bowden. Goes out, recruits Jameis, does the whole thing. And then in 2015, he loses Jameis and he says, you know what? I don't like the quarterbacks on my, on my roster. Um, we expected Jameis to be here a lot longer. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Francois is not the guy yet. Um, yeah. Let's take Everett Colson. And in that moment, Brian Kelly and Jimbo Fisher – Swap bodies. They're also, just... if I, re- if I, mean, I remember listen, correctly, listen. though, like Jimbo wasn't responsible. Like, I understand that he was the one that recruited Jameis. But if I remember correctly, the, the deciding factor for Jameis was that Florida State's baseball coach was going to let him play. That is my. I'm, I'm pretty sure he guy. was like going to Alabama. Alabama's baseball coach is like, I don't I don't need some pretty boy quarterback out here playing 14 innings a year. So Jameis was like, screw it. I'm going to Florida State. And, and the thing is, is that he was a pitcher on their baseball team for two seasons. And I think he was like relatively okay. I think he was, yeah, he was like a mid-level. He was like a, like, like, like a mid-level a, reliever. Yeah, he was like a reliever for, for, a, for a good-ish baseball team, which like it's one of those things where it's like currently Michigan State has a wide receiver by the name of Keon Coleman. We'll talk about him in a second. He's very good. He's at Michigan State because 
his choices in the end were Kansas and Michigan State because he is a NFL wide receiver. He is an NFL wide receiver who just refuses to acknowledge that he's not a, a shooting guard. <laughs> and like, look, like I've seen him play for Michigan State. Like he does play for Michigan State when Michigan State's football season's over. And you like, you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's like a, that's, that's like a preferred walk on at a good school. Like certainly an end of the bench guy. Like you, you wouldn't hate it if five injuries happened and he was your sixth guy. Like, okay. Like your 11th guy in the rotation. That's, that's fine for Keon Coleman, but Keon Coleman four-star wide receiver was down to again, Michigan state and Kansas. He didn't say to himself, all right, I'm going to go to Miami that has a shitty basketball team and a well, shitty football team, but <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm tr- I was trying to think of like, who's a mid basketball school. And like Miami just comes to mind to just like mid <laughs> go somewhere where he can uh, be a star on yeah, the basketball NC State. and the football team. NC yeah, State. NC State the is NC probably the answer. Is NC State. Yeah. But who wants to go to NC State? <laughs> yeah. No. Like, like, and, and like Smith Jr. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so I think just one more, one more on that. I I will say that to his defense, like I've had hoop dreams before. They are hard to give up. Uh, They are hard to give up. No matter, even I knew I was never going to be six, five, but you couldn't tell me that I didn't have a chance, man. So here's, here's the, uh... I also had hoop dreams and I realized very quickly, (laughs) I was not even going to be, I'm lucky that I'm over five, six. I gave up on those early. So um, I don't remember who it was, but there was someone like I, I, I read it years ago. So it could have been Bill Simmons. I, I, I don't know who it was. If, if I misattributed, I apologize. But it's like inside every NFL caliber wide receiver is just a failed shooting guard. Like that's all every single one of them are. It's just like a series of guys who could not make it in the NBA and all and, and like here they are. <laughs> I actually think that I think that might have been Simmons, but I think that might have been him talking about LeBron, saying like, like yeah, he's in the NBA and everything, but he never gave up on the fact that like, oh yeah, he's just a tight end. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, is that if LeBron James was not good enough to play basketball, which is like a huge different um, hypothetical, but like he would just be the best tight end of all time. Of all time, yeah. Like he, he, he would be un, un, uncoverable. He would be. Um, like Travis Kelsey with athleticism. <laughs> like, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham that one year in New Orleans. Right, Jimmy Graham, but if that was his entire career. Oof. And stronger. And stronger. Right, because people forget stronger than Jimmy Graham. And, and faster. People I don't like, remember that. No, no, LeBron James like is like a, I mean, basketball speed is different than football speed, but like. Freak athlete. He's a freak. He should not be able to move the weight. Like, He's a bumblebee, right? Like, you know, that whole thing, like bumblebees shouldn't be able to fly, but they don't know that. So they just keep on flying. <laughs> LeBron James body should not be able to go as fast as it does. Yeah. Like it, it, the, the whole theory about like him being actually a government experiment because nobody knows who his father is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the, the worst theory we got. Um, but, but anyways, um, Texas A&M, this is very important to me. Okay. You, you have a choice to make. My brother has been, has been uh, in a group chat with me and, and a couple of other guys talking about how one of the reasons he hates Michigan State is because Michigan State presents itself as better than it is. I push back on that. I tell him that Michigan State knows exactly what it is, and it's not trying to be anything better. It's like it's, it's trying to get to a point where it can present itself in a certain way. But, like, nobody has any illusions. Texas A&M, you have two choices. Two choices. One, you accept that you are the Michigan State of Texas which you are, you are, you are the flagship agricultural school rival in a worse area. And, and generally speaking are significantly worse at all sports of relevance. That's one. You can accept that. You can become the Michigan state. You can be the little brother and accept all of the fun that comes with that. Cause there's a lot of fun with that comes with it. Um, you, 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 you get to be super annoying when you win, you know, you get to just be yappy about it. And when you lose, you get to say, well, yeah, man. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Um, that's one. That's one. Two, you need to make bowl games every year. It's a low bar. It's a low bar. I'm not saying you have to compete for SEC West titles. You clearly can't do that. I'm not saying you have to be a top three school in the SEC West. Clearly can't do that. I'm not sure you can be top yeah. five. 
but that's between us. Um, you, 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 because bad news. Here's the bad news for for Texas A&M. The SEC West is adding two schools. One of them yeah. also pretty mid, but the other one is Texas. So, like, if they come in and just honestly, honestly, you could have said one of them is pretty mid, and that really could have applied to both. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, like, the thing is, is that like Oklahoma was gonna, was the one who's going to come in and like compete, and Brent Venables was like, "What if we didn't?" <laughs> Like what if we? I mean, Sark is six and six and four this year, right? Yeah, some, no, or six uh, and five. Uh, Wait, Oklahoma's five night? and five. I said Sark. Oh, Texas. Sark is six and four. Six and four, yeah. Seven and yeah, three. Okay. No, Mm-mm. wait. They lost last night, right? They lost last night. Yeah. Yeah, six and so four. They should have six four losses. Four. Yeah. Yeah, six and yeah. four. Um, with like three relatively reasonable losses. Yeah. Like TCU, Bama, and um. Who am Texas I Tech. Ooh, that one was. Nice. <laughs> oh. yeah. uh, and who is their fourth loss? Who am I missing? Uh, Alabama, TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas Oklahoma State? State? Oklahoma State. No. They, did remember? they lose to Oklahoma State? Yeah. Oh, the or- I, I remember the, that the game. Orange Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, the Orange Bowl, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is, like, Texas, Texas very easily, uh, guys, Texas very easily could go six and six here. Um, they're six and four, yeah. and their last two are uh, Kansas, who is like just like unimpeachably good. A wild card. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't. And, and then and then you're gonna have a game. I I think that there is like a not unlikely possibility that you have, and I'm sorry, Josh, five and six Baylor versus six and five Texas. Yeah. On like on what is that on Black Friday? Yep, that yeah, game is yeah. go- that game is going to be happening at the same time as uh, England versus America. I bet, and that is oh, going wow. to be awesome. Oh awesome. wow! Do we got to watch both uh, at the same time? Oh, uh, dude, yeah. I don't have I don't have enough TVs for what I want to watch on Black Friday. It's going to be like I have to go buy more TVs. Luckily, you probably can. <laughs> I don't know if we're sponsored by any retailers. I don't think so. We should. Uh, we we yeah, we do. You can I, sponsor us. Yeah. I noticed that, that Oracle has been uh, sponsoring us a lot and um, A, cool. B, and somewhat more importantly here, um, Blue Wire, you need to you need to up your rates for us because if Oracle is, is advertising, there's money. There's money in the banana stand and we would like to see some of it. Because um, <laughs> if Oracle, you know, whatever. Um, so, so I think uh, let's, let's talk first um, and, and just because I, Josh, I know you're on a time limit here. And yeah. because I assume you want to talk about this about as little as possible. Um, you know me well, Lisa. K-State was was good, I guess. Well, the thing is, we knew that. And, like, unfortunately, I, I – well, maybe fortunately, I didn't get the chance to actually watch the game live. Um, but just reading the tweets from some of the people that I follow and, like, watching some of the highlights, I'm like, yeah, like, we played probably the worst – game football that we have all year um and we knew that k-state was was good too like i knew that k-state was gonna wasn't gonna be an easy game like they've played really well this year um and the big 12 is just a crap it is so so bill Connolly, friend of the pod um he has the big 12 as the second best conference which if you look if you you look at it top to bottom yeah i was gonna say do you know what the worst record of any team in the big 12 is right now it's four and six yeah they, it, it, the Big 12 can send everyone. all 12 members to a bowl. To a bowl game. That's crazy. I think that's wow. possible. I think it's possible because I don't think – Kansas State – yeah, because West Virginia does, and Iowa State do not play each other. Right. And they're, um, and they're, they're two and four. Um, so the, the crazy thing is, is that Iowa State – I mean, first things first, talk about dropping the bag. Matt Campbell, you could have picked your job. And you cannot pick your job anymore. Anymore. That's just but this like, is that, why, that window's closed. It's so that's crazy. That's why I said he shouldn't he shouldn't have done it. He's just gonna why would you not just ride out your contract in Ames? You're gonna make five million dollars a year. You get to go if you go eight and four from now on, like that's a good season for you. Why why would you go to Michigan, go, you know, five and seven tiers in a row, get fired, and then have to go to Nick Saban's school of wayward coaches? Because buyout money is guaranteed for nothing, is the answer. <laughs> the best thing yeah. that a college football coach can do for his family is to get fired. 
Like ask ask Kocho. Ask Kocho. Which door Kocho, and when? We'll think about, yeah, we're think about letting you go. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, your your buyout's guaranteed. All right, which door do you want me to leave from, and when do you want me to leave? Like it's the best thing you can. Like the best financial decision that Jimbo Fisher could have right now is to go to whatever booster and be like, <clears throat> "I hear your mother is uh, a woman of the night." Right, just like get fired because and because nobody nobody would bat an eyelash, right? Like if if Texas A and M cut ties with with Jimbo, nobody would bat an eyelash. Nobody everybody would be riding. like, "Well, yeah, like no, that's everybody would bat, who everybody would bat it because they, the first question would immediately be, "Where did you find 117 million? <laughs> what Saudi oil fund is that from?" Uh, <laughs> my answer to that is twofold. One, have you seen gas prices? Two, uh, inflation has lowered the amount of, in real dollars. So, like, like so there are. If there, ever was a t- if there ever was a time. If there ever was a time, now's the time. Um, and like the fact of the matter is, is that if you're Jimbo Fisher, why do you keep wanting to do this? Like, what? Like, you are essentially what Jimbo Fisher is is Western Union. He is taking money from one place, filtering it through himself, taking a <laughs> cut, and passing it along to other people. And that's fine. Being a cash, like, like a, a money management middleman is a very lucrative process. Look at payday loans. Like, like look at, look at, at check cashing businesses. These are all very successful businesses. I just don't think Jimbo Fisher got into coaching to be that. <laughs> like, I don't think that he wanted to be JG Wentworth. Jimbo Wentworth. <laughs> Jimbo Wentworth. <laughs> Called Jimbo Wentworth, 877 cash now. Um, so like, I, I mean, look, like what I have to say about the big 12, I, I Again, I, that transition away from Baylor was intentional. We didn't want to linger on it. Dear it's listener, painful. Baylor got smoked. and But like yeah. smoked in like, how do I put this? In the most like 11 a.m. Wisconsin-Iowa ass game ever, because there were four, I think, I think there were four possessions each in the first half. And yep. at the end of that, Kansas State was up 17 to three. And if yeah. you're down 17 to three after four drives, like, in, a, in one half, like that's just miserable. Nobody had fun. Blake Shapin is not a Baylor quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like that's fine. Like, like we. But, we talk, what, but, what 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 irks me? What irks me personally is the fact that we know this about Blake, and we threw the ball thirty eight times. Yeah. Our our leading rusher had nine carries. Yeah, that's 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 just how not... do we how do we not know who we are as a fo- as an offensive football team right now? It's pretty straightforward. You can't pass the ball. You haven't been able to. I mean, like the thing is, we knew who this team was uh, during the BYU game. Yeah, like that's when it became clear. Like it's like, oh, we can't pass the ball even if we need to. Yeah, like like there is no there is no passing the ball. So we ran all, we ran so the ball looking, on third and fourth downs. Like yeah, consistently. And, and, and we joked about it at the time, but in retrospect, you sort of say to yourself like. All right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, like, yeah, you. Sometimes that's the way to do it. Also, looking at Kansas State's schedule is hilarious. Uh, they handled their first two uh, cupcakes very easily. I would like to point out that one of those is I Missouri. Was, I was going to say, like, didn't they play <laughs> Missouri early? early? Yes, that is still a that's still a cupcake. cupcake. And then they <laughs> lost by lost by seven to Tulane. Which looks a lot. Hold on, hold on, seven. hold on. Oh you have God. to you have to break that down because they lost to Tulane by seven, which is much better than it appears. And they lost now. now and they lost no, to they Oklahoma. Beat Oklahoma. No, they beat Oklahoma oh, they beat by Oklahoma. seven, which is much worse than it looks right. now. They beat Tech by nine. They beat Iowa State by one. They lost wow. to TCU by ten. And they then smoked Oklahoma State 48 nothing. Then they lost to Texas by seven, and then they beat Baylor by 28. This team makes no sense. No, That's incredible. But it's also like a super Bill Snyder ass team where you're like, who yeah. did you beat? Who who who'd you beat? What, were there teams who you were playing who were in the middle of giving up on their season? If so, forty eight to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, were you in? Were you were you involved in some rock fights? Yes. Did but certain teams? Wasn't... No, that was that. That was the game that broke OK State. They were ninth. They were seven and zero going into that game. That was the game that broke them. Yeah. yeah, that like like there was a moment in that thirty-five to nothing first half where someone on Oklahoma State's defense said, "I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. It's not fun." It's usually a defensive tackle. Like to be clear, it's usually a defensive tackle who's like, "I'm I, not I just don't tackling. 
Yeah, I'm not tackling the Hobbit anymore. This is game over. I'm done. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Deuce Vaughn is a pain in my ass, and I don't want to do it. Um, yeah, Deuce, so Deuce I say that with oh the most... I, I say that as lovingly as I can. I don't want to tackle the Hobbit anymore. I'm done with this shit. Yeah, like, I, it's just like, I don't want to do this. Do you want to? Like, and it's like, they they their quarterbacks are just like Bill Snyder-esque quarterbacks. Yes. Like, like, to the look, T. It's, it's incredible. I don't know if Bill Snyder's alive or not. I really hope he is. We, we go over this every time we talk about Kansas State, but I like to believe that if he is alive, he's watching this team with just a supreme amount of pride. And if right. he's not alive, he is looking down from heaven saying, yes. That, that's a, this, that's is a right there. this is what I This is what I This do. is what I do. Because look, there are so many coaches who, who would come into a, a, a program and say, oh, we're going we're gonna to light up the scoreboards and we're going to play flash and blah, blah, blah. And Chris Kleiman came in and was like, no, we're going to run our quarterback a lot, though. <laughs> we're we're going to maintain the status quo. We are, we are going to be a pain in the ass to anybody who plays us and doesn't want to. Because there are teams Number like one. That. Yeah, well, number okay, number one, Bill Snyder is still alive. Good, uh, thank God. Recently, just celebrated his eighty third birthday. So happy mazel birthday, tov, mazel tov to Bill Snyder. Mazel tov. Number he, two, yeah, eighty like, three. Eighty three. He coached that, until he was eighty, right? That dude. He looks is, like he was older. Yeah, that dude looked like the Baron in what we do in the shadows, who is canonically <laughs> like six hundred years old. <laughs> yes, he looked eighty three when he was fifty seven. Correct, but also like schools go through entire like like decades trying to find the coach that can instill their own mantra into like a program like this like Kansas State will never not be a Bill Snyder program in 150 years when nobody knows who the hell Bill Snyder is it's still gonna be like a triple option quarterback with a tiny (laughs) little scat back and we're gonna be like ah yes I remember the good old days like (laughs) just imagine what's gonna happen whenever Saban leaves Alabama because everybody's immediately going to be like, well, you're not Nick, you're not Nick, you're not Nick, all that kind of, type of stuff. I've never heard any Kansas State booster fan whatever be like, well, you're not Bill. It's like, yeah, you're, you're Bill. You just look a lot better. <laughs> you're just like, you're young Bill. Like, and and, and here's, here's another theory. Perhaps, just while we're on the, the, the Freaky Friday thing, perhaps magic? there's some blood magic going on and Bill Snyder is actually Chris Klein. Like, like they're the same guy. Mm-hmm. And Bill Snyder has just transferred his consciousness, Palpatine style, into a into different body. Into a younger body. body. Mm. Yeah, it's because lo- remember. This is just Looper. It could be Looper. But remember that Bill Snyder did take a couple of years off there, right? Like he like semi-retired and then came back um, in, in like the early 2000s, I think. So, Stumpy, you can look this up. But Bill Snyder did uh, retire oh, a couple of years. Yeah, from 05 to 09. Okay, four years. He had four years to figure out the science. And... Then suddenly, and I want you to look up with when Chris Kleiman started at North Dakota State, because if it's 2010, 2009, or 2011, this is this is essentially confirmed. <laughs> at North Dakota State, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is 2011. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So now that we know that this isn't just a Bill Snyder ass team, this is just Bill Snyder. And Chris Kleiman <laughs> is is a clone. Are, are we going to say clone or a reanimated body? Reanimated body. Re-animated this, is, body. this is like yeah. This is Futurama. He is Bill Snyder's <laughs> brain in a uh, glass of liquid. Uh, so Chris Kleiman is Bill Snyder in a yeah. I'm good with that. Okay, I'm good. I I, I understand and I'm happy because like. For us in, at Michigan State, for for you at Baylor, like you want to like find your coach and and just have them stay, right? Like mm. if Art Bryles could have stayed, uh, and he couldn't for very good reasons, but if he yeah. could have, like you would have wanted some version of Bart Bryles forever. Like Texas Tech has had Mike like Lee Kendall. Yeah, well, again, the Bryles family is maybe not as welcome in Waco, Texas these days. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but but like Michigan State, if you could just give me some version of Duffy Doherty forever. Cool. And like, we had it a couple times. It went from like Doherty to Perlis to Saban, a couple years of not so good. And then D'Antonio. And I, I, I don't know if Mel Tucker is in that vein, but like, hopefully, but Kansas state has figured it out. And the answer is, is um, have Bill Snyder transfer his consciousness to a younger body that starts quote starts at North Dakota state, which is it's, it's own sort of, you know, whatever. I, I like, I, I think that this works. I'm very happy for Kansas state. I've always liked Kansas state. Um, 
they had one of my favorite quarterbacks in the history of college football in Colin Klein because yeah, he that is he, a wild statement. A no, wild statement. The reason why I love him is because for for so long we saw quarterbacks People's essentially. Heisman, baby. Yeah, he, he there were there were like two versions, three versions. I'm going to say of quarterbacks. Right, there was Peyton Manning, there was Robert Griffin the third, and there was Eric Crouch. Right, you had passing statues, true dual threats, and running quarterbacks. And Colin Klein said, what if you had a tight end at quarterback? And everybody's like, well, that would probably be bad, right? And he was like, no, I'm just going to be 6'5", 250 and slow, but I'm going to fucking QB hammer you to death or QB power you to death until, until like you can't do anything about it. And it's like, okay, is that going to work? And Bill Snyder said, yes. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it will. <laughs> and so like, they, Dude, like I can't remember. Oh my God. I was watching this game. I think Friday night. I can't remember who it is. Somebody has a tight end playing quarterback right now. They uh, were blue. Ayer, Boise State, maybe. Boise State. Uh, oh, Bachmeyer. Is he still there? No, it's not that man. Um, uh, I mean, Michigan State just had one of their quarterbacks become a tight end. Uh, I don't know if that's what you're thinking of. Oh, East Carolina. No, it's East Carolina. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, what's his, this kid's name. Damn it. I lost my internet. Excellent. So, well, uh, he didn't lose his internet because this is on zoom. So I promise you, you didn't lose your internet. Um, you, you might've lost the browser, but, uh, but anyways, what you'll, what, what you need internet and a browser for is to watch the greatest competition in all of, uh, world football. Hey everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. UF, <laughs> do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams. You'll note not Arsenal and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no. Against Liverpool, no. Man City, yeah, probably. Chelsea, no. PSG, come on. Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us. And more, Bayern, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. All right, so um, I'm, I, we've talked a lot about the Big Twelve. I appreciate that because I really, I really do, in my own way, uh, hope that TCU makes the playoff because new teams in the playoff is always fun. And uh, unfortunately, this podcast's favorite son um, decided to shit on the carpet. I know that they played dogs; they weren't, they aren't themselves dogs, but Oregon pooped on the carpet. Yeah. Uh, wait, so then, okay, so TCU is likely going to be fourth then, right? If they get in. I mean, look, they I, could go undefeated and still not get in because, well, TCU. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about that one. I think if they go undefeated, they're in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that that's true. But, um, yeah, they would be the four seed and they would be the sacrificial lamb to, um, you know, Georgia. Yes. Because Georgia, I mean, Georgia's staying one less until – well. well I no. guess Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State might be one. Well, they they would only be one if if they don't have a second SEC team. So they well, they want say, to. They could be number one for a week after the game, and then once we get to uh, after the championship, championship, yeah, yeah, then whoever's in the U because uh, the West is going to be won by Purdue. I don't even aren't they all tied uh, right uh, now? Uh, so I saw a, a phenomenal stat about the Big Ten West. Currently, nobody nobody controls their own destiny with two games left. Yep. You like like every single team needs something to happen in order to win, which is phenomenal. Um, that that and, division is awful. And Georgia's likely getting a top five team in the SEC championship game in LSU. 
Yeah. I mean, LSU's got like a, their, their SOCON challenge next week. And then um, they finish with Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Oh, good. That's their rival. Yeah. Oh, good. So Texas A&M gets to go four and eight this year. They, oh. they can't even go five and seven. They're going to go four and eight. Good. Every time, every time I think about like how AM season has unraveled so far, I can't help but think about that uh, Appalachian State video at the beginning of the year. <laughs> how beautiful everything has just worked against them so far. It's wonderful. And what's crazy, just from like a geographical and historical perspective, um, uh, East Texas has significantly more in common with Appalachia than it does with the rest of Texas. Like historically and and demographically and where people come from and how they behave, um, like there there's a, a book called American Nations that gets it that gets into yeah. this. But basically, East Texas is closer to Appalachia than like Western Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania oh. has less in, in common with Appalachia than East Texas, which is like I just, you wouldn't think. Wow. But yeah, I would like to point out that the author of uh, Eleven Nations, Colin, what's his name, Colin Woodward, so, yeah, Whiteward. Something like that. Uh, he has responded to the pod. So, friend oh, of the pod, friend of the pod, of real, real books. He wrote a real book. <laughs> uh, it's a great book. Anyways, let's talk Michigan and Michigan State here because um, Georgia took care of business. Bama almost didn't. Um, and I, I think amongst Damn like it, Lane. Te- te- actually, before we get there, um, Tennessee has to uh, like like. Did you see what Tennessee did? And like working out some shit. They were oh. they were they. they the Joe you're Milton throw? Dro- dropping bombs up 25 with two minutes left. Yeah, that was uh, working through some shit for sure. They were working through some shit. Um, shout out to your alma mater, uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores, uh, beating beating the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, in Kentucky! I, I was going to say the Kentucky basketball school because uh, shout out to Kentucky. You lose to Vanderbilt, it's basketball season. That's fine. Yep. No, no, that's totally fine. No, no notes. Uh, and especially since um, I do want to uh, say uh, Louisville basketball. I know this isn't a basketball podcast. We're not going to talk extensively, but who, buddy, have some pride. Uh, yeah. Well, that's also the school who <laughs> gave their coach an ultimatum. Either you beat Virginia or we fire you. And I believe they've now he, won five straight. I, I think like they, they took they, they took the Shorzy thing. This team will never lose again. Yeah. <laughs> Except that Scott Satterfield kept being like, no, 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 it's fine, guys. Like, we'll, we'll get through it. It's, it's okay. You don't have to put that much pressure on, a, on yourselves. And the team was like, Malik Cunningham was like, this team will never lose we'll again. Never lose <laughs> <laughs> Scott Satterfield's like, you can, please? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be here either. I don't want to be here. So, okay. So let's, let's talk. Um, let's talk. Uh, do you want to talk Michigan or Michigan State first? Uh, let's do Michigan State. Okay. So, oh, Louisville lost yesterday as well, just like while well, we're on the subject. They played Clemson. Basketball or football? No. Oh, football. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah Clemson. Um, so, Michigan State had – it, it's it's a funny sort of game because, like, you don't want to, like, be too excited about a win over Rutgers, but also, like, at a certain point in your year, you have to, like, sort of, like, you know, you recalibrate yeah. expectations and what is and what is not a good year. So yeah. Michigan state was three and five, uh, no two and two and four, right. They were two and four going into that Wisconsin game coming off of the yeah. Ohio state schlubbing. And you looked at the, the rest of the schedule and you said, okay, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, who's Illinois Rutgers, Indiana, Penn state. There are not necessarily four wins there for Michigan state going. I said, no. Yeah. I said there were not. Right. And, and a friend of the pod, Jonathan and I sort of at that point, we're like, okay, how do we, how do we spin this? What's, you know, maybe you win, maybe you don't blah, blah, blah. But coming off of that Michigan loss, when you're three and five, you look at it and you say, we have two top 20 teams left and two, one game against an annoying ass Rutgers team. And Indiana's pretty bad this year. And Michigan state like has succeeded in the gut check. Um, you know, they, they had to beat Wisconsin. They did. They had to beat Illinois. They did. They had to beat Rutgers. They did. And in all of those games, just for the record, it's not like they got lucky. 
it's not like they were outplayed in any of them and just some things bounced. No, they were the better team. Um, and so I think like, it was actually how they lost to Washington. In my opinion, they were right in that game. And then there's a couple of bad bounces and they end up losing by 11. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing with the Washington game is, is that that game isn't a loss if Xavier Henderson plays like that. So, and I, I mean, we keep harping on that and uh, Mich- everybody's writing Michigan state off and saying that Mel Tucker owes his salary to Kenny Walker, which I mean, to be fair, he sort of like at least a little I mean, bit of it. Certainly 30 of the 90. Yeah. Um, but again, like that streak where Michigan state was getting shellacked all the time, they're down four starters, five starters, like Michigan state was never as bad as people were making them out to out to be. So I think when we talk about gut checks, it's a lot easier to do a gut check. Number one, when you understand, like, we're not as bad as, as the media, not to pick on the media, but like, we're not as bad as the media is making us out to be, or these pundits are making us out to be. It's a lot easier to gut check then. And then, especially when you're getting the more talented players back and you go out for prove it games, that's a lot easier than trying to prove it with your third string safety. Yeah. And, and so I, th- I think like, especially as we sort of look back on the season and we'll do, you know, sort of a review at the end of the year and sort of assessments, whatever. Um, I think that you can look at this team um, top to bottom and say, this is not the most talented team that Mel Tucker will have. There were some significant transaction costs of running off the older players of the D'Antonio era, because right now you're, you're rolling with a lot of youth and a lot of transfers who maybe, or maybe not, you know, improvements. Um, But the, the, the whole D'Antonio era was built on fifth year seniors and the Tucker era has not, seen many so I think but but as you look at this team I think going into next year assuming Michigan State takes care of business this this weekend in a rivalry game which I certainly hope so um and if not you know beats Penn State whatever you get to a bowl game I think you can say to yourself like okay it's not that hard for Mel Tucker to go into living rooms and say look we showed you in year one which was 2021 really what we can do in you know we took a step back we had some injuries things happened no complaints we made a bowl game and in year three, that's when we're going to pop or year four or whatever. Um, so I, I think that this was an incredibly important win from a program perspective because it allows you to take the next step, um, especially with these these suspensions still hanging over the program. Um, there was a report that like it's in the hands of the prosecutor's office now, which people seem to think is much more serious than it is. Um, everything essentially gets referred to the prosecutor's office and 90% of the time they don't bring charges. Um, I'm not saying that they're not going to bring charges here. I'm just saying like, it's a procedural step. Um, So the the thing is with Michigan state, and I I do want to say this, Peyton Thorne needs to stop missing open passes. Um, Yeah. Like, like that game's a, a, a blowout. If he hits three wide open passes that he wasn't particularly pressured on, the Tyler yeah. Hunt fourth down, the um, Keon Coleman third down, and then there was a one like late in the game where he where he had someone uh, relatively open. I don't remember what it was, um, but I do want to say this: um, the utilization of the tight ends for Michigan State was like a finally moment. Um, like I think I think that Daniel Barker got more targets in this game than he has all season, which is criminal. But it was incredibly, incredibly uh, reassuring that you saw Thorne take what was given to him in the middle of the field with the tight ends. Um, In terms of the defense, I think that this is now we're we're going on how many straight weeks of competent defense? Not good, but like average-ish. I think going back... Yeah, so I mean... Honestly, yeah, four, yeah, four. Ohio State was not good defense. No. I think that – and, I mean, we lo- they lost by 22 to Michigan, but I thought that that was actually a pretty decent effort. The, 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 you can call it 15 because of the, block, the punt situation. And then, yeah, like, like I'm not going to put that seven on the, on the defense. And then the rest of the time they gave up, what, one scoring, one touchdown drive and held to them to a bunch of field goals? I mean, that's a good defensive performance. Yeah. So I, I think like looking at this team top to bottom, um, you know, Keon Coleman probably needs more targets. Um, Jaden Reed continues to be Jaden Reed. 
Um, but if you go out and you take care of business against Indiana, yeah, you might go to a shitty bowl game, but you get those bowl practices, which is crucial for a team as young as this one is. So, um, so what do you think? So I, I do think they're going to a bowl game. I think they're at least getting six and six. I think that, as you said, Indiana is not very good. This, the team's at home. This is kind of like a rallying, rallying cry game. So they're going to make that one. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't bet on them beating Penn State, but honestly, I would not be surprised if they beat Penn State. Um, so where do you think this leads or leaves them going into next year? Like what does, what does Michigan State have to do next year for you to consider it like a successful building of a season? So, eight and four, nine and three. So yeah, so so here's what I'm going to say. If we come out of this year eight and five, right, coming off of a bowl game, then that's just like a fine, normal ass year, right? How you got there was not overwhelmingly normal, but if you were able to upset sure. Penn State, win a bowl game, eight and five is just like what programs occasionally will do. Um, so I think that what you say is like you say, okay, well, we need to, you know, you need to to win nine, ten games including a bowl game, you know, to, to show that progress. Um, and you need to not get blown out. I mean, the, 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 so far the bugaboo of the Mel Tucker era is that um, they lose huge when they lose. It's not even close when it's when, when Michigan state plays close, close games under Mel Tucker, they win. I don't think they've lost a one score game under Mel Tucker. Whereas, you know, they've, they've lost a ton of games by a ton of points. Um, which speaks to, I think, like a, a certain style of utilization of talent. So the talent needs to co- keep coming in. Um, and if the, if if Mel Tucker at all are able to bring in a top 20-ish class, top 25-ish class, and are able to win nine games this, next year, I think you can still see us on that progression to what I would say Michigan State's ceiling is, which is competing for, for Big Ten titles every two to three years. Not not going to the Big Ten title game, not winning Big Ten titles, but competing for Big Ten titles every two to three years, which is to say, you know, the years you get Ohio State and Michigan at home, um, not getting blown out, you know, handling the, that business and, and going from there. So um, in answering your question, I think nine, I think nine wins next year is, is sort of the, the floor, assuming the progression of, of this year. So if you look up the schedule too, uh Nine is not out of the question. I mean, where who who they have? They Washington at home. Yeah. Uh, so I said Central at home is a win. Yeah. Rich Richmond at home is a win. Yes. I think Washington at home is probably a win. You would um, hope so, but it's a Washington. Game. Washington's been all over the map this year, but I think that they're only going to improve as uh, what's his face DeBoer's there longer. Yeah. He gets to bring in. I mean, he's guys. doing this with Michael. He's doing yeah. this with yeah, with Hi-hex. Indiana's uh, castoffs, which I did. I pointed that out in the group chat yesterday. One of the announcers during the uh, the Washington Oregon games did something along the lines of, "Look at these two elite quarterbacks," and it's Bo Nix and Michael Penix. And just imagining that sentence coming out of anybody else's mouth in like 2019, you're like, "No, no, uh, Indiana, no, no Indiana versus Auburn, elite quarterback play." Yeah. Uh, then you get Maryland at home, which should win. I think that's a win. I honestly think at so at uh, it's at Iowa. That I mean, if it's a night game, I think that's a loss. But right now, that's a toss up because we got to see what Ferenc is going to do. Like Kirk has to make a decision on that offense, and I don't know if he's going to make the right one because it he's going to win his son. He's going to win the Big Ten West and change nothing. Do you not yeah. do, do you not see how this works? They they no, absolutely exactly. Going no, to... I agree. That's why I think it's a I think it's a win. Yeah. Uh, at Rutgers, I think is a win. Uh, yeah, Although, yeah. I will say, like, maybe next year might be a little early, but in 2024, I think once you have Shiano ingrained there for three or four years or whatever, that stops becoming – those Rutgers stops becoming auto wins. They become I, wins, but, like, you got to fight for it. Not, sh- yeah. should, should, not, must. Uh, you have Michigan at home. Which yeah. I think at this point is still a loss, but you never know with that game. Yep. At Minnesota, probably a loss. Uh, well, they lose I their actually, quarterback. I, I, I haven't they watched lose any Minnesota this year. They lose their quarterback. They lose their best running back. I don't know if Minnesota is going to be good next year. That's fair. And PJ doesn't necessarily rebound very well. 
Uh, you get Nebraska, which until further notice is a win. Yeah, which is wild. You, you got to go to the shoe, which is until that's further a, notice that's a loss. L. That's an L. That's fine. Uh, at Indiana, which I'm assuming is not going to be that much harder than this year. And then Penn State at home, plus whatever bowl game you get. I think nine there's wins, nine, nine, ten nine wins to ten that. wins yeah. is there. It's pretty yeah. easy. Um, which is, which is again, a, a, an unmitigated success uh, for, for Mel Tucker in 2023. Um, but, you know, you'll have to see what, what he does with his coordinators because, you know, I'm not in love with the offense. The defense has clamped, but they gave up 450 yards to Rutgers. So it's not like the defense is great. It's just okay. Um, and so I, I think that's all there needs to be said about Michigan State right now. You you gotta you gotta win this week. Forks down, um, rivalry week. Uh, that's all there's to say about that. Um, yeah. So so we'll we'll, we'll give the last ten ish minutes to Michigan, who uh, as of today has the largest scoring margin in the country. So not only are they beating teams, they're beating the crap out of teams. They have not given up a I, touchdown I mean, in the second half since Iowa. Yeah, they're good. I think like, I think I saw something like in the second half of games, they're a hundred, they're up like they're, they're winning a hundred to three in the last four or five or something. Um, I mean, I, I think the thing is, is that, and, and we've said this now for, I don't know, 16 months. Um, the way that this team becomes elite is JJ McCarthy takes the next step. Right. Yeah. And you can see that he hasn't really done that. It just doesn't matter. Right. Like, like when Michigan plays these teams, Michigan has not played a difficult team. The last difficult defense that they played was Iowa and Iowa held them below 30. Now, if I had had an offense, who knows, blah, blah, blah. Michigan's defense is very good. Um, I think Michigan is going to smoke Illinois. It's going to come down to an 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0 game, but it's weird to be this far into the season and not really be sure how good, like where Michigan's ceiling or where their floor is. Like, I don't, I don't know how good they are because even into November, you have things like a uh, friend of the pod, Angus, who is not here right now, but normally would be saying things like, yeah, they're just repping stuff out in, in, in big 10 November games. Um, I, again, I think that Jim Harbaugh finally learned his lesson. I, I think that Jim Harbaugh has realized that he does not need to show his entire bag of tricks all at once. Which, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that Angus is being uh, a little optimistic when he said that at the point that he did in that game, because that game was still pretty close when he said it. And then Michigan decided that like, okay, we don't like, we're done playing with our food. Let's get the points on the board and then we can go back to playing with our food, which I mean, I'm never going to criticize anybody for doing that. As long as you understand that you need to take care of business and then you start playing with people. I mean, Lane Kiffin does that. We just talked about Josh Heupel doing that against like Josh Heupel needed to get right. We wouldn't use Missouri as a test case. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think that Michigan ceiling is national championship winning, but I think that their ceiling is making that game because I mean, if, if you game plan it out, so, and they're, I mean, their, their floor is unfortunately 10 and three Michigan could very easily lose the next three games. Easily. It's, it's not hard to envision uh, Illinois and, and Chase Brown being able to control clock and run the ball and they right, have a good doing some bullshit. And, yeah. And, and that, and, and winning some sort of like 13 to 10 rock fight. Um, yep. And then obviously Ohio state is Ohio state. And then you, you have, you would have Michigan going to like the Rose bowl versus Oregon. And I don't know. Right. Or like SC or something like that. And then you also have to consider, I mean, I know we are, 13 days out but the forecast right now for the game is not good and ohio state is currently down their top four running backs which includes a linebacker that was playing running back so like if you get to that game and your entire offense needs to flow through cj stroud and marvin harrison and jackson ng and all those other guys like a lot of the time that's what there's no issue with that like that's kind of what you want but if you're in a if you're in a rainstorm or a snowstorm, like you want to be able to lean back on your running game. And if it push comes to shove there, Michigan has a good run defense against what would not be a good run offense for Ohio State. And Ohio State's run defense is good, but 
Michigan's run offense is one of the best in the country right now. Like if, if it comes down to it and it is Blake Corum versus Ohio state's fifth string running back. Yeah. I, I mean, like Michigan's odds edge, edge Michigan. Um, but I, th- I think the thing to remember here is, is that Michigan's corners, right. When, when we've seen them go up against wide receivers who are worth a damn, which is once maybe yeah. right. Like they struggled a little bit. And ultimately their run defense was able to make it moot because they could just sit back. But against Ohio state, if, if, if Ohio state does get Travion Henderson back or Mayan Williams back, um, which I I don't know the extent of the injuries, but if they get those guys back, Michigan cannot only devote the front six ish to, to the run. They, they will have to put more bodies forward at which point you have Marvin Harrison jr. At all running with a ton of space so yeah. it the, the but you know like we we don't need to preview the game two weeks out um you know i think i think brett bielema would right. really like it if if michigan was thinking about ohio state right illinois is enough of an issue that i think that that would i agree that's a mistake you need to, you need to focus on illinois uh yeah. brett bielema does enough i i say this in the most loving way possible big 10 bullshit that you need to like be aware of what is possibly coming. Like there's no reason to look past Illinois right right yet. Uh one of the best Illinois teams in in their history, which I say with all disrespect. All disrespect do because this is actually one of Illinois' best teams in modern history. Um and they're trash. Certainly since they let black people play. Uh I mean like outside of the Ron Zook team, can you think of a good Illinois team? No, it's Juice Williams since yeah. since 1950, it is Juice Williams' end of list. Yeah. Um. So, I think I. But but I, I'll say this: Illinois is a competent team, and Michigan has not played a ton of competent teams. Um. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. I, I don't I don't think that Michigan's going to lose. I don't think that Michigan is even going to be close. I don't know what the line is, um. But if it's less than 14, I would take Michigan. Um, I think it is. So. You know, if if you're looking at that, you're saying, okay, can they give them a scare? Maybe, but only if Harbaugh does something that Harbaugh has never done, which is lose to a team he shouldn't lose to, right? Harbaugh has outside of really Michigan State. It's yeah, it's Michigan State. Outside of Michigan State, Harbaugh doesn't lose to teams that he shouldn't lose to. It's it's his superpower. And um, 2020, which again, doesn't not 2020 enough. doesn't count. And you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you a 20, what was it? 2016, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. That Iowa when he was 10 and 0. And, yeah. Yeah. When he was 10 and 0 and he, but that was a night game in Kinnick and that was some night some November fucker. game in, in, in Kinnick is weird. Yes. Admittedly. Yeah. Um, uh, Michigan's a 17 point favorite, by the way. See, you know what? Vegas knows. I said 14 was what I was comfortable with. They put it 17. I don't I'm know. not comfortable with 17. Yeah. 17 is a lot, especially in a game that's going to be so run focused. Um, 17 is a lot. of. Yeah. That clock's going to be. Yeah. What's, what's the Michigan state line? 13. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Really? Yeah. Nice. Great. Uh, I'm not, an, I'm not. <laughs> Michigan state, Indiana's over under is also higher. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That one's 46 and Michigan, Illinois is 44. So they, so, so they have Michigan state beating Indiana 32 to 21. Is that right? No, that's no, that's in the fifties. Oh. You gotta go down. It's like 24 to like 11. No, we're that's bad at math. Wrong. We're really bad at math, but what we're really good at it's not is great. telling it's you not that the great. lions won today. Um, just 30 to 30 to 17. There you go. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt, left the game. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know. God damn it. Not again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and Justin Fields had like 45 fantasy points, which for your purposes is maybe a problem because you're facing him. Bad. Yes. Um, correct. But, uh, I, I have to say like, great. The Lions won. They ruined their draft stock. Hooray. Um, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Justin Fields. And like, I almost got rid of the stocks. I was almost ready to say he's trash. Like I, I was wrong, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Holding on to him. I think he's not trash. I think that Matt Nagy looked at Justin Fields, looked at Andy Dalton, said, one of you two needs to save my job and went with uh, Andy Dalton and not Mike Vick reborn. Um, 
okay, that's going a, that's going a little high. Did you see? Like, did you see that scramble touchdown? Yes, that was Vic. Uh, it's yeah, it definitely. I mean, it definitely is. But when you go back and look, go back and look at his game logs at Ohio State too. He did not run as much as you think he did. No, which was wild. Like I always thought of him as a running quarterback, and I went back and looked, and he really only had a couple of games where he went hog wild. One of them was against Michigan State. Yeah. Um, but like, so it's kind of wild that I, I guess I don't, I don't blame Nagy as much when his first thought to how to be successful here wasn't let's just have Fields run more, but like that is very clearly the answer. Start. I mean, you need to start game planning like RPOs. Like that should he should be making that decision on every play because when he gets open field, he is gone. I mean, he's the thing is at Ohio State. I think what it was was that it, it, it was the Trevor Lawrence effect. People don't realize how athletic and fast Trevor Lawrence is because Dabo only ran him. to be right. Yeah, Dabo only ran be. him in games where he felt like he needed to. And how many games did Justin Fields have to run the ball? You know, like over the course of the three years he was at, or two years that he was at Ohio State, there were probably five, six, maybe. Um, and but but last year in Chicago, it was every game, every game he needed to be running the ball, but they didn't know what they were doing, which is fine. I don't, I, I certainly don't care. Um, also, I do want to point out that um, with the game on the line, uh, Kirk Cousins uh, made sure that that the the Vikings were in a position to win. Now you might say he he got stoned on his fourth and goal. The, the last time he did, the first four times prior to that. I'm just saying, maybe Kirk Cousins looked at the situation, went like Doctor Strange, there are only so many outcomes in which the Vikings win this game. And one of them is me getting stuffed here so that we can win in the long run. I think that Kirk Cousins, uh, quarterback wins are a real stat, y'all. They they are meaningful. Yeah, Justin Jefferson should we also point would out, be nothing. Should we also him. point out? No, we need to point out that he tripped over his center's foot twice. One of which he then tried to throw the ball backwards to Dalvin Cook, uh, and the yeah. other one of which cost them three yards at the at the goal line. Which I mean, it ended up not mattering. But like, no, I'm I'm still not. I'm not letting you make. I'm not letting you make Kirk or clutch Kirk Cousins a thing. Although I will say, CKC. and this has been said by CKC. No, <laughs> no, this this has been said by many people so far this week. Uh, because I'm not sure. I, I know you have seen the video of him on the plane all decked out. out and who's ever's yeah. blink. Yeah. Uh and I know he's a professional athlete, and I know that like coming with like with that comes a lot of responsibilities, but it is absolutely jarring to know that Kirk Cousins is jacked. Oh yeah. He is he is because you think of him like like being that like skinny redshirt freshman quarterback at Michigan State who had yes. like noodle arms, and but no, he is he is even going into like when he was at Washington. Maybe he like started when he was at Washington, but like his entire time at Michigan State, he was. I mean, he wasn't like fat or anything, but he wasn't jacked. And then when uh, like when he got to Washington, definitely was still kind of like he's just kind of like the normal like like the Tom Brady body, like Tom Brady wasn't jacked until he was like 35. Tom Brady until, was until like, go look at, he, he needed to. Until he needed help from a quack doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Until he needed to extend his career. What, what, what happened? Like, but like Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert isn't jacked. No, no. Um, he's in shape, but he's not jacked. Yeah. Kirk CKC jacked. Um, yeah, completely jacked. It's wild. It's wild. Um, so what, uh, what what we have to say on that is uh I don't know. I hope I hope the Vikings continue winning because Kirk Cousins being a Super Bowl winning quarterback would be the funniest possible outcome of the Tom Brady. I don't era. think I don't think that's possible, but I think what needs to happen is Minnesota fans need to start like building up their emotional walls now. Oh, it's gonna be bad. For the, it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna so be so bad. bad. He's gonna do something so stupid I think, in the playoffs. Have, have they already clinched? <laughs> Because I think I think like it's like they're like eight and one, and the next best team in the central is like three and six or something. Well, wait, the central we play in the NFC North. Uh, everything is the AL Central. Every Detroit team plays in the AL Central. I don't care. Uh, the Bears, Lions, and the Packers are all currently tied at three wins, and the Vikings are at eight. Right? Yeah, that's not clinching, but it's pretty close. It's like we're like we're getting alarmingly close to uh to that being done. 
Um, I think if the Packers lose this week and then they all lose next week and the Vikings win, I think that might actually clinch. Phenomenal. At nine wins. Yeah. Phenomenal work, y'all. Um, so you can find my, uh, our panelist who, who had to take off a, a little bit ago, Josh, uh, at Josh Beninock. You can find my co-host, uh, Napoleon Gregg, at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. Find me at Diamonds Esquire or at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, check out our next episode. Uh, it, it's releasing on Wednesday. We had um, Fahi from uh, Touchline Fraka to talk World Cup stuff. I know that uh, some of our football fans are going to be watching soccer. It's fun, I guess, sort of. We enjoy it. Shout, um, yeah, shout out. Fahi was a great chef, uh, Fahi was a great guest. Very knowledgeable on, obviously, his own team, England, but he also had some insight into uh, Wales and Iran that we really appreciate. And, you know, he took the time in the middle of his Sunday afternoon, our Sunday morning, to come and uh, get lightly teased about tea in Harvard. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, so a shout out to uh, Mark Zuckerberg, because again, it's just a matter of time before we, we switch over to Instagram. Not even kidding. Twitter is not long for this world. I, I, I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. Um, so uh, shout out to our sponsors, Fifth Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, Paramount Plus, uh, hopefully, I don't know, Absinthe. I don't know if absinthe is a brand or a spirit, but you know, I think it's a spirit. Whoever makes absinthe, um, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local uh, Louisville fan they're going through it because they're all basketball fans first and they are going through it. Um, but obviously, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Podcast Network.